Welcome to today's episode of Teacher Prep Rally, a show that highlights successes in the classroom and reminds you that you're part of a team of educators finding new and better ways to help today's kids learn and achieve great things. I'm your host, Sarah Warren. I'm a digital learning coach for Windsor Middle School here in Windsor, Colorado. Let's start sharing ideas from both teachers and students about what today's learners need to succeed. In this episode, an interview with Erica Yeager about her design thinking experience um, with her eighth grade students. Um, Erica. Hi. Thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate you being one of my very first podcast interviewees. Um, Erica is uh, a special education teacher here at Windsor Middle School, and you've been here for... Eight years at Windsor Middle School, oh, yes. Man, time flies. I know. <laughs> I remember when we were co-teaching together. I, I was a science teacher, and you and I were co-teaching yes, together. Yes, I loved it, too. And things are a little different now. Yes, they are. Um, yes, so tell the, our listeners a little bit more about your background. Okay, so I've actually been teaching for 12 years. Um, special education has been my focus. Um, I've been eight years here at Windsor Middle School school. And I was previously at an elementary school and did some elementary teaching. And I just loved secondary. And when the um, district decided to move sixth graders into middle school, I knew I just needed to follow them. So that's when I came to Windsor Middle School. And um, my background is special education. I have a teacher's license for special education, K-12. But I also have have my admin license Mm -hmm. and educational leadership. But I've always really been interested interested in co-teaching and the collaboration piece um, behind general education, mixing with special education. And because of that, it's caused me to really think outside of the box, which is where design thinking and growth mindset and all my philosophies come from as a teacher. So you think you started with special education, but that led you to Mm co-teaching and really integrating your students with a regular ed classroom And then co-teaching means you have a general ed teacher and a special ed teacher in the same room in that model. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. And then, um, but that's also influenced you and led you to new ideas, even in your pull-out classes. Yes. Yes. I've always been the kind of teacher that never wanted my students to really feel like they were special in the sense that they're all special in their own way, but not in the special education sense, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. And I didn't want them to ever feel like they have something stamped on their head as far as special ed, that they needed to be included and they needed to know that my class was going to show rigor and relevance just as much as any of the other classes. Um, My classes, my intervention classes also were um, at the time when I came to Windsor Middle School, kind of removing one of their electives, their exploratory classes. So it was really hard to look at a student who struggled to then say, oh, because you struggle, you now have to do that same subject two times during the day. Uh, mm -hmm. And so what co-teaching really did is it gave me an opportunity to see what was going on in the general ed classroom and really step outside the box and make my class more engaging and more fun while integrating the basic skills that they needed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would have had the opportunity to grab some of the concepts that I learned co-teaching science or co-teaching English, um, co-teaching specific writing classes, even going into coding classes to support some of my kids with needs, to then bring that into my class as less of a 
of a intervention, but more of a double dip or a supplement to what they're doing in class. So you think it's good for the students directly because they're integrated into a regular ed classroom and not pulled out and made yes. to feel stigmatized. Yes. But it's also good for them because you it's helped you learn and grow and helped you understand their experience more broadly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm less of a of a special education teacher and more of a group of educators. I get to um, look at all kinds of students. In fact, I think if you walked into any of our co-taught classes, none of the students would even recognize me as a special ed teacher. I'm just mm -hmm. another teacher in the room. Mm -hmm. And so when they're pulled out into intervention, I'm just that extra teacher, that extra support, another um, class. I even have, you know, kids in our general population trying to sign up for my intervention class, That's which is awesome. really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, we're here today to talk specifically about design thinking, which is something that you have been experimenting with and um, trying with your eighth graders. Um, what do you want to share about what you've done with your class? Well, it was kind of interesting. Um, I was really researching growth mindset and looking at growth mindset with my students and creating a lot of lessons kind of based on fail forward and taking risks because a lot of students who struggle um, academically tend to not like to take risks and they kind of rely, they'll, and that's they, they rely more on their teachers and they ask a lot of questions as if they don't know how to problem solve certain certain situations. And um, some of that is just over time, that kind of being a norm for them. Um, sort of a learned helplessness. A learned helplessness piece, piece mm -hmm. yes. And some of that has been, have we ever really pushed it? Have we ever really given them that opportunity to think outside of the box? And so I was actually getting ready to teach a lesson that I had kind of tweaked, and it was, it was called um, The Evolution of a Great Idea. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of read a lot of um, little reading pieces um, that's incorporated with our intervention curriculum. But I was getting a little bored myself with it. And I tend to like to push outside and kind of try new things. And I was talking to the students and it just happened to say, um, well, why do you, what do you guys think is a problem, a current problem today? And across the board, all of them went, well, bullying tends to be an issue across the board. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And we literally took an entire class of them just talking about this. Mm -hmm. And literally within that class, they started problem solving. Well, I bet we could do this. Or I think we could solve it this way. Or maybe we could do this. And I went, oh my goodness. Like they've taken this idea and they went completely in a completely opposite um, direction that I was going to go, but I kind of needed to jump on that. And that's when I kind of looked into ways that I can do that. So it started with you, maybe even out of a little bit of boredom with the, the book curriculum, like you liked the topic, but you didn't feel like it was being very relevant for the kids. And it started with you just asking him a question, how is this relevant? For Correct. You? Really? Yeah. And then when you saw them engage with that topic, you realized you needed to do something with it? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how it started. And I kind of went off of my background of co-teaching in science mm -hmm. and kind of thinking about uh, scientific theory and um, uh, topic statements and kind of going that direction and mm -hmm. um, hypothesizing. Um, and after that, I started going, okay, we've, we've kind of started 
discussing the problem and they've jumped all the way to prototyping, Mm -hmm. but we need to actually identify whether or not there is a problem. So that's when I reached out to you Mm -hmm. and um, our coach and said, okay, where am I going with this? And (laughs) that's when you said, you know, you're kind of doing design thinking. Yeah, well, actually, I don't know if you remember what I said to you is like, it sounds like this is a really interesting problem. And here are three models to think about. And one was the launch model. Yes. One was the D-School design thinking model. And one was scientific method. Right. And when you looked at those three models, what was it about the D-School design thinking model that attracted you? The D-School thinking model attracted me because... Um, I felt like the students were already naturally going through that process Mm -hmm. and it gave it more of a, for me, the color coded Mm -hmm. um, and the steps. Mm -hmm. And I also could fit what we had done in each step Mm -hmm. and walk them through it. And then we could go back and fill in the gaps. And I also like. So you really like the visual they present and the way they organize the process into the five steps, which were empathy, empathy. Um, understanding the problem, ideate, prototype, and test. test. Yes. And um, were those words intimidating to you? Was the vocabulary intimidating to you for your students? Not at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, with the students, we had talked so much about this um, way of thinking that when I laid out the statements, Mm -hmm. we actually jumped away from our thoughts for a second and went back to our textbook. And we read um, another story about a um, man who created a um, camera for documenting activity or uh, of sharks in um, the ocean. And the students were like, well, of course you had to create something like that because you can't watch sharks because they'll behave one way because mm-hmm. humans are around. So that's, they started creating that. And then they started with the process and they put his, his um, invention and they walked through the entire um, design thinking process during that time. With so they kind invention. of looked at how he empathized, yes. how yes. he understood the problem, how he ideated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it had all of that. And then so they had that concrete visual and they had the example. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay. So it's almost like a mentor text for design thinking. Yes. Okay. Kind of like closed, yep, mentor tech mm-hmm. text. Um, so that's what we did first. And then we went back. Mm-hmm. And that's when we went, okay, here are all our notes. Mm-hmm. How can we put this in? Our, I'll put our notes on the design thinking um, timeline mm-hmm. and say, okay, where are we in this So when process? you say the design thinking timeline, can you talk about the poster that you created? Yes. So I created each um, of these steps has a poster and a color that matches the uh, Stanford, Stanford D, right? Mm-hmm. Stanford D um, design thinking process. And each one we created, so there was a visual in our class. And on each poster, the kids put their post-it notes as we went through the process. Mm -hmm. So empathizing, what did they empathize with? They empathized with people who had been bullied or with themselves who had been bullied because that was their initial discussion. Mm -hmm. And then they had to identify the problem. And that was, I would say, the hardest part for them because they thought they knew the problem. Uh And we had to, we went in and researched what is bullying? What's the accurate definition mm-hmm. on multiple reliable sources? Mm-hmm. So they researched, they had to cite sources, mm-hmm. they had to come up with a 
a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Then they had their one side of it was their opinion. Mm-hmm. What was what do you what would you say yours is? Mm-hmm. And then after that, we did the ideate stage and we said, okay, well, what do you think bullying is, and what do you think we should do to figure out? Because we can't just go with us eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they created a survey, okay. and they sent that out to the um, eighth grade class which is who they wanted to target. And then after the survey, they got it back. And that's when they ideated again Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what are our, what is our problem statement? Like, what is it? So one thing I really like about what you're doing is that you're not locked into a scripted process here. I think sometimes people look at design thinking. We'll put the um, steps that Erica's talking about that she made the poster from on the show notes if you want to look at it. But sometimes people look at the design thinking model and they think, okay, first we do empathy, then we understand the problem, then we ideate, then we prototype, then we test, and then we're done. And it's a step-by-step process. And what I'm hearing you say is you had kids prototyping and then understanding the problem and then ideating, but then realizing they needed to go back and Mm -hmm. really empathize with the user. And it's okay to be kind of fluid in that process. And when they really empathized with the user, that was when they really got to understand the problem. Yes. And I feel like um, we've had such a huge breakthrough breakthrough um, because we created an empathy statement. Like what was our empathy statement? Who do we empathize with? But then when we got to the problem, um, what I loved about it was their initial problem that they thought they were solving evolved into these two pieces that half my class wanted to do. And another piece where one was education, like educate, what does bully really mean to people? And then the other one was um, low self-esteem based on the survey of their peers, which originally we would not have had that um, data. We would have kind of used our own thoughts and we might have gone a different way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this process has been, I mean, so eye-opening, even for me as a teacher, because these are students that the students that I work with are students who typically feel like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I am smart enough to do that. And they kind of, they put themselves down a lot. And in this, in this project, it allowed them to show their strengths in so many different ways to the point where their gifts and their strengths were coming out loud and clear. And I'm like, if only other teachers in other classes could see this piece of this child or this piece of this student, because yeah, maybe they struggle with the reading portion, but oh my goodness, can he problem solve? And um, the critical thinking strategies that came alive during this process and collaboration. I mean, they had to communicate and talk to so many different people. They had to interview. They it had really, to, it was I was amazing. in your class yeah. last week and it really sounded like a high level debate about yes. which problem statement do we want to go with and which one is more important and give your reasons for it. Yes. And the students were just, they were really coming up with some excellent, you know, reasoning and justification yes. and evidence for why they felt they wanted to go with one problem statement or another. It was, it was really neat to see. Amazing. Yes. They're brilliant children. And I loved that we were able to pull that and show that and Mm -hmm. demonstrate that. And they loved uh, being ahead Mm -hmm. of kind of their peers in a way, because even now their survey is now being used in health class. 
So, and um, a few teachers actually approached the students and said, hey, we loved your survey so much when we presented it in advisory. Would you be willing to allow us to use that in our health classes as well? Oh, how neat. And they were like, you want to use our survey? Yes, it was amazing. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty amazing. Well, and I have to confess, I think as a former general ed teacher myself, I think sometimes I didn't always give um kids like this credit because their processing time is a little slower and the structure that we followed really gave them the processing time to really shine. Um, It was really neat to see uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was amazing. So Um, you're now at what, the prototype phase? We are at the prototype today. We went back and we kind of brainstormed what we had experienced with our uh, panel um, students that they had brought in and kind of interviewed. Because so many ideas flourished based on their feedback that we then put that on our paper for the radical ideas and kind of ideate um, again about that. And now we're moving towards the prototyping because now originally they walked in with one thing in their head and now we have multiple ideas and I'm super <laughs> it's a, excited. It's a good problem to it have. It is a good problem to have. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Um, so I guess the question that comes up for me in this and the thing I think a lot of teachers might be asking is how do you justify spending so much time trying to solve the problem of bullying and how is that really helping them in a language arts support class, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there's a trade-off there. If they're not, you know, are they still reading? Are they still writing? Are they still, you know, developing their thoughts and communicating them? And do you think that this is a valid use of the time for them to meet those academic goals? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I debated that myself because because of their processing speed, you do have to take it at a different pace. Um, But we covered everything we needed to cover. The students researched, they cited sources, they checked reliability, they built thesis statements, um, they wrote IT123 paragraphs related to their thought process. They read um, over four four scientific articles um, and one fiction article related to um, the process that we were going through. Um, And they also um, collaborated with others. They built surveys. So for me, because of going through the design thinking process, I feel like I have met more standards than I would have if I would have just stuck to the general curriculum of read this, answer this. Um, We did vocabulary. They did a vocabulary page on what is empathy? What does empathize mean? Um, When we're talking about prototype, what's the word prototype mean? Um, I want wanted them to present this and get up and know exactly what they were talking about because it needed to be their learning. And I think sometimes I'm guilty of it too, or I have been in the past. We get so stuck with, we have to get certain things done by a certain time. And we, we get um, overwhelmed with the process instead of living in that moment of learning. And I feel like the students have learned so much more about themselves and their own learning styles because of this process. And on top of that, they're still meeting their goals. They're making the um, they're making the growth needed, and it's showing in their their scores on their Star three hundred and sixty assessments as well. We haven't regressed in any way. We've only gained. Um, cool. Well, I, since you mentioned assessment, I wonder. What have you graded along the way, and how do you grade something like this? Do you just grade their final? 
product, like a big project, or do you grade along the way? That's a great question. I actually struggled with that in the beginning. Um, I grade along the way. They have um, what I call it is our um, design thinking timeline, and each piece that we cover, um, they get a specific amount of points. And because it is, it does have a lot to do with collaboration, the students had to turn in specific things together, like their paragraph writing and their presenting, all of that was individually scored. But as far as the ideate process and the survey, they all had to collaborate on it. And it was mostly just the participation points were you able to do that? Was it um, grammatically uh, corrected, correct, you know, where's, was it edited accurately? Um, we went through the process of you guys are sending this out to multiple people, um, multiple viewers. And when you send something that you've worked so hard, you need to make sure it's as perfect as possible. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I graded. Um, their survey, they got participation points. But as I looked at their questions that we added, each, each student added a question to the survey. I graded their question and how accurate it was. Okay. Um, I wonder if you can think of, you're basically teaching in a language arts classroom, it's language arts support, yes, right? Absolutely. Um, and I'm wondering if you can think of any other ways that teachers might use the strategy. What if you're in a content area like social studies or science, you know, can you think of any ways that you might use this? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I was even thinking about it in like art class. I mean, there's so many different ways, um, especially with social studies. When you pick a topic in history, how can you empathize with those um, those characters in history, those people in history? Why did they make the decisions they made? Ooh, what um, a great link to primary sources. Right, so. exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think about... Um, some of the Revolutionary War that we're doing in, in eighth grade. And then I know they talk Mayans in sixth grade. Well, why did they build certain things the way they did? They all had to go through some form of design thinking, some form of problem solving to figure out how they lived their lives, how mm -hmm. they interacted with each other, how they traded. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's amazing. And science, if it's so natural, mm -hmm. you know, with your thinking, I mean, there is the scientific method, but design thinking can also be... I think interwoven with more of an engineering yeah, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if a teacher was kind of inspired by listening to this or learning about design thinking, what tips would you have for somebody who is just starting out with it? Oh, I would say go for it first off, like jump in. And I think for me, it's also about gathering your supports because I had to get um, my students on board, I've talked to their parents because I wanted them to come in and observe some of the stuff they're doing. I wanted the kids to come home and talk about it. Um, getting my my tech coach. I mean, Sarah, you've been a huge support um, with just when I get to a point where I feel like I've kind of hit a wall, like how can I get over that? Um, and my entire eighth grade staff being willing to accept my student survey. Mm -hmm. um, your principal. So I mean, reach out for help. Reach out for help. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Johnson's been huge on supporting as well. And also, I would say um, you got to let let it go. And when I say that, I don't mean <laughs> okay, like frozen. I know you can sing. Break into song. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean it, but I do in a way. It's like, let your kids 
take the reins and kind of step back. Because the minute you do that, we tend to be, I think as teachers, we're a little little bit micromanaging in certain ways because we've got to get through certain things at a certain time. But all that learning tends to happen when you kind of let things go and watch how it all comes together. You need to provide the framework. You need to provide the essential questioning. Um, definitely give them like, this is the objective. But when you like let them start brainstorming and ideating and problem solving and coming up with creative, weird, crazy ways to think of things, <laughs> I mean, beautiful things start to happen. And I've just enjoyed watching these kids grow. And, yeah. You know, I can't wait to see them design a robot that goes around and has conversations know, with right? people to build up their self-esteem. <laughs> They're there ready was, for it. There were some great ideas. Yes. Uh, you know, everything from that to... I don't know. What were some of the other ideas they came up with? The Empathy Doorbell mm -hmm. and then the Ropes course at oh. CSU mm -hmm. and bringing, you know, uh, field trips designated for um, yeah. empathy. I kind of want the VR goggles the so VR that if you bully somebody, you have to experience it in VR yes. from the I love that one. They had, they you had, had to just go be in their ideas. Yes, they did. They're well, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. in to talk about this. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Yay. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming in, Erica. Um, I'd like to ask all of the people, I will, okay, all of the people, you're the second one. Um, <laughs> but I want to ask all the people that I interview some of these questions um, and some of the same questions. So the first one is, what tech tip, tool, or shortcut could you not live without? Oh, my goodness. Definitely Google Classroom. Um, is my go-to. I'm learning Canvas, getting a little bit better at it, but Google Classroom is my go-to, especially the surveys and um, the sheets, and uh, just for the students mainly. I just love, sort of for managing yes. all the paper paperwork or yes. digital paperwork. Yes. And it's very user-friendly for the students and creating the folders and this mm -hmm. is what you do next. So okay. yeah, that is definitely my go-to for sure. Cool. Uh, my inspiration question is what are you watching, listening to, or reading right now that's inspiring? Oh, so right now I just, I'm really into TED Talks. I'm kind of a TED Talk brat because that's like what I like to do. And um, my husband's always like, oh, are you listening to TED Talks? Again? Yes, I am. What's the last so one you listened to? My last one I listened to was from Amy Purdy and she was, it's called Living Beyond Limits. And I loved it because it's about a woman who had meningitis and she lost her limbs, um, well, her legs. And she talks about how she just bounced back from it. And a lot of us tend to get into a situation where we feel like we're just done and there's nothing more. And I, I feel like working with kids with um, needs, you tend to run into that at the middle school level where mm. they just feel like there's nothing more I can give. And, and they need to know that there's a purpose for them and they have a purpose in this life and they have a purpose to... Um, give us who they are and everybody has their own strengths. And this, her podcast or her Ted talk was incredible. So cool. she was my last one. And then I'm reading a book called change by design, which is by Tim Brown. Okay. And it's very linked to design thinking. Oh, cool. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check it's it good out. One. I think it's an older one though. I think it's like 2010, but I really liked his thinking. So. That doesn't sound old to me, but then I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, if you could change one thing about public education today, what would it be? Oh, other than endless amounts of funding. <laughs> um, that would be nice. I know, right? <laughs> um, honestly, for me, it would be um, 
time. We say that all the time. So I don't like just throwing that out there, but it would be, I guess, using our time a little differently in and out of the classroom. And that would include like how we grade and that would include like what exactly we're targeting for kids. Um, so that would be mine. And it, it tends to be a struggle with time is like how we manage it and all the stuff that we need to get. But I think sometimes we as teachers, we tend to look at, okay, we already have this, but then we continue to stack more on top of it mm-hmm. instead of saying, well, what do we have already in place and how can we make it even better? How can we, you know, that kind of goes back to how you think about your kids, right? Yes. And not just looking at what can we add to them to their to make them better, but right. what are they already doing right. and how can we ma- maximize how can we meet them where they're at yep Mm -hmm. i love that um how can people connect with you if they have any questions or comments is there a a good way to get a hold of you yeah email is the best way okay so that's on the windsor middle school website erica.yeager at welldari4.org that would be awesome great um well thank you so much erica for talking with me and to our listeners thanks for tuning in to teacher prep rally Uh, you can find the transcript and show notes for this podcast at teacherprepralli.blogspot.com you can share your ideas comments or reactions on twitter with the hashtag teacher prep rally or tag me at wizard warren Uh, tune in next time to hear more interviews and inspiration on teacher prep rally